everybody. <clears throat> hey, I'm Justin. For those of you that haven't met me yet, I'm pretty sure I've met all of you, but just in case, I'm Justin. I'm one of the student ministry interns here, and I am so excited to uh, be here tonight. I have no idea what you're doing in the front row smelling your boots, but... <laughs> well, all right. After that distraction, we can move on. Um, we are wrapping up this series in Exodus. We've been going through it for uh, a couple weeks now. Um, and this isn't the end of the book, but it's the end of uh, our little series as we're going through. And consistently, we've been talking about how the story of the Israelites is our story. Not that we've experienced the same things that they have, but what we, the lessons we can learn from their experiences and how God moved through them, that that is our story from Moses' hesitation to plague after plague after plague to a, to a hasty exit out of Egypt. Caleb last week kind of left off at a point in the story where the uh, Israelites had fled Egypt and they were being pursued by Pharaoh's, ar- by Pharaoh's army as he changed his mind and they got to the Red Sea and this is where um, they, they had doubts about what God was doing and they said this starting Exodus 14 Moses answered the people do not be afraid stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today the deliverance Lord will bring you today the Egyptians you see today you will never see again the Lord will fight for you you need only to be still another translation would say you need only to be quiet You need only to be still. My point that I want you guys to take away from this one is that we we need to worship the Lord because he is the victory in our battles. Through all our experiences, at some point, we've all come to a wall. For the Israelites, that was reaching the Red Sea and realizing they could go no further, at least from their perspective, from their view, they, they had reached a wall. They can't go any further. And the stress that was the Egyptian army bearing down on them caused them to doubt what God was doing. They, they reached that wall. But a lot of times, the walls that we reach, God has always meant to be doors. But he needs us to be still. He's commanding us to be still so that he can open that door. When we reach there, a lot of times we'll doubt God, we'll we'll curse God, we'll question why God has put us in this place. Why God have you brought me so far just to stop? Why, Why God have you brought me here to not go anywhere? Why Why is this happening to me? But Something that we know now, reading in the New Testament, through Jesus, we see this in Romans chapter, or Romans chapter 8, verse 22, that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. We have this guarantee, we have this promise to know that the story doesn't stop there. They, they reach what can be an insurmountable wall But the story doesn't stop there. God is going to fight our battles. God is going to be the victory. And God is going to open up that door for us. We need only to be 
still. I want you guys to read along with me in Exodus as we continue this story, diving uh, for the rest of chapter 14, and we'll dive into 15. Starting off, then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Now, (laughs) reading that at first, I don't have like a, a biblical backing up. There's no like no scripture. This is just my imagination. This is the point where I imagine just like God being a little sassy, just like, guys, really? Have you have you not been paying attention? I I brought plague after plague after plague, natural disasters over and over and over again. I I broke down the most powerful man over you and you you fled out of Egypt. Have, has no one been paying attention when the, the frogs and the locusts and the gnats and the, the river turned red. Did no one pay attention to what I was doing? Did everyone just kind of miss how God was working in there? I just like kind of think that's where his sass comes out. But in his true grace, as we read along for the next part, this is what God actually does. He tells Moses, raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. He, he's opening the door. All he needed was for his people to be still, to listen and to trust what he had. Again, it goes like this in uh, verses 21 and 22. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And all that night, the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. If you've been at church for really any amount of time, you've probably heard this. And even if you don't come from a church background, Moses parting the Red Sea is just like a story that most people know. It gets referenced all the time. We, we, we get used to what's happening here, but it's it's crazy. We, we can't forget that this not only is a miracle of God working through him, but this, this phenomenon, like it's amazing what God is doing there. He, he is proving his power over and over and over and over again. And in this, this one climax moment, he takes all the water and moves it. We worship the Lord because he is the victory in our battles. He is going to be powerful enough to bring out our victory. We know this in the story that after the, after the Israelites go through, the Egyptian army charges in after them and God decimates them by crushing the sea around them. The Egyptian army is the army of the largest empire around the, the 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 roman empire hasn't come like in in far east empires aren't really a part of what's going on at this time pharaoh was the most powerful man over the most vast empire known at this time and the god of abraham isaac and jacob wipes them out like that it it's destructive power it is God winning a victory the the Israelites didn't have to 
lay a hand on anyone, that it was God that was going to bring out that victory. Which brings me to my first point. Weird flex, but okay. That God, God has been flexing this entire time. The middle school is just kind of, didn't get that one. I'm glad you guys did. Um, that God has been flexing on everyone this entire time. And he didn't have to keep going. But he does because he's going to fulfill these promises. He's going to keep going, keep proving his power, being our heavenly father to win these victories. Because whenever we are faithless, when we are faithless, he is still faithful. For the Israelites and for us, when we're complaining, when we aren't living up to what God has for us, he's just patient. He waits, and in that waiting, he shows us grace, and we continue to complain, to to disobey his commandments, and he's patient, and he's patient. And then after he's patient, he's patient again. And then after being patient, he's patient some more. And then after that, he's just more patient and more graceful that the God that can decimate the most powerful army that they knew is so loving to be patient and graceful. We're going to keep going, verse 31. And when the Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses, his servant. They saw the great power of the Lord and they became God-fearing people and they put their trust in him. We've been going through Exodus for a long time together. We're in chapter 14. Now they're putting their trust in him. I can't help but think what took so long. Well, what God has been doing this entire time, what took so long? At the same time, when I think about it in my own life, my own experience, I can believe it. That over and over and over again, God is patient with me. Over and over and over again, God has shown me grace and he's telling me, but I'm not listening. That, that he's speaking to me, but I'm not paying attention. And, it, and sometimes for me, it takes this great display of power of what God is doing in my life to win my battles, to be that victory that I finally clue in and trust him and trust the servants that he has here for me. And so as we transition out of Exodus 14 into Exodus 15, a point by the great theologian, uh, Buddy the Elf, because I just watched it this weekend, the best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. We, we sang a Christmas song uh, during uh, our, our time here, and I'm not actually talking about Christmas songs, but if we think about what a Christmas song is, it's a reflection of our joy. And I'm not talking about jingle bells and singing about Santa, but when we sing about the birth of our Savior, the joy that we have, we celebrate. This is the time when God entered 
the world and paid for our sins. Like this is the coming savior. We're singing about that joy. I bring this up because chapter 15, nearly all of it is a song that after this great big event in their lives, after finally being freed from slavery and they trust God, the very next thing they do, scripture tells us, is they sing. This isn't like a, like a weird thing that like ancient times are like, what kind of instruments? Like what's going on? This is true throughout scripture that God commands us to sing. When we think about commands from God, the, the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not murder, thou shalt sing. Like, don't cover your neighbor's ox. Oh, when you need to be singing. Live your life out in a Christ-like manner. I'm also going to command you to sing. We don't think about it in that way, but throughout Scripture, there is a command God has for us to sing. It it shows up over 50 times. An example I I have, uh, as well as the one that um, you did earlier in Ephesians five eighteen through 20, instead be filled with the spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. N- nowhere in here does it say, sing if you're good at it. Sing if you've tried out for the worship band and you're up on stage. Sing if you can hold tune, if you can be in the right key. Nowhere in here does it say that. Uh, I find a lot of joy in singing, but I'm always in the back. Like I sing from the deck booth as far away from the stage where everyone can hear me. Except for last service with the middle schoolers when they didn't take my mic out of the mix. Like, other than that, I don't sing from the stage. God commands us to sing. It should be our, our posture. Now, now, don't get it wrong. God isn't commanding us to sing because he's self-conscious and, and he wants attention and praise. If we want to look for self-conscious seeking attention and praise, go on Instagram. I've seen some of y'all's Instagram. If that's what you're looking for, go there. But that's not what God is doing. This is, this is a command from God, and it's for our good. If you want to look at it, not in a spiritual sense, but in, like in a very a logical, scientific sense in, in the way that my brain works through, through logic... That singing, studies have shown over and over again, lowers your stress level. That that your body has a physical reaction to singing. And it doesn't matter how good you are at singing. That that data show that if you were bad at singing or if you were good at singing, it lowered your stress level. Your body has a physical reaction to it. That, That singing is a way that we can make an emotional connection. Like to information, like singing a song to remember the bones of your body. Like th- these are things that we know that singing has good benefits, making emotional connections that's real and tangible. So when we're 
singing, when we're worshiping through song at church, don't miss it. Join in. Don't talk amongst yourselves. Don't just stand there and stare at them. Believe it or not, the people on stage can see you just staring at them awkwardly. Join in. God has given you a command to sing, to, to rejoice in what is happening in your life. Don't miss out on a blessing of worship, an opportunity to worship your God, an opportunity to worship your Savior. That's a blessing that God has given us and he's commanded us to join and sing. Let, let's look at the song that Moses sings chapter 15 verse 1 then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord I will sing to the Lord for he is highly exalted both horse and driver he has hurled into the sea the Lord is my strength and my defense he has become my salvation he is my God and I will praise him my father's God and I will exalt him the Lord is a warrior the Lord is his name Let's key into some of these parts here. Both horse and driver he has hurled into the sea. What this song is singing about is both the agent and instrument of war. What the Israelites have known for years and years of oppression and slavery under the Egyptians. In a moment, God has taken away the agent and the instrument of war. That he has won that victory. That's their song. A little later on, the Lord is my strength and my defense. Some translations will say, the Lord is my strength and my song. This is their song of their singing out of a place of, of joy that God has done such great and powerful things that they're singing. This song starts by declaring the victory of God. That throughout all that's going on, they want to take a moment and start their song that, God, you have won this victory. And at the end, we'll read some verses, it it closes with rejoicing in his promises fulfilled. Showing us here, Exodus 15, 13. In your unfailing love, you will lead the people you have redeemed. He has done the redeeming. He has won the victory. In your strength, you will guide them to your holy dwelling. And then down in 18, the Lord reigns forever and ever. God, you have done this great and amazing thing that you have won the victory. The thing that I have been stressing out for a long time, what's been causing me anxiety, what has been holding me back, that you have won a victory in a moment because that is how powerful you are. And that you have fulfilled your promise to make all things good and you will continue to make, to fulfill your promises. Singing it is ingraining that in us, remembering what awesome things God has done to overcome what we think is our wall, to overcome and open that door and to fulfill his promise. As we close out our our Exodus series, remember all that has been through here. 
That their story is our story, and so our posture should be, as they show us here in uh, chapter 15, our posture of worship. Literally, sing a song. It doesn't matter. Praise your creator. That should be our response. That all God has done for us, declare his victory and rejoice in his promises fulfilled. Worship the Lord because he is the victory in our battles. In the middle of our doubt, in the middle of our fear and anxiety, God wants you to be still and worship him. When it's all you can think about is what's holding you down. When all you can think about is the, whatever thing you're a slave to, when, when you're in that, in the middle, God says, slow down, be still, worship him, and remember that God has already won victories, that he fulfilled promises, and he will continue to fulfill our promise. In doing so, we can take something that is bitter and turn it to something sweet. God is calling us from our darkness into light. We've been saying over and over again, he calls us, he draws us out to draw us in. Drawing us out of our chains. Drawing us in to being children of God. We are consecrated and covered, so we are free to sing his praises. Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear God, as, as we continue this evening, as we transition back into a time of worshiping through song, God, I pray that our posture will be one of praise. That when we're in the middle of everything that's going on, that we can remember the victories that you have won, that we can remember that you have fulfilled your promise over and over and over again. God, we, we declare this. We rejoice in all that you've done. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.